You are now listening to the Soul and Wonder Podcast, Episode 50, Soul Alignment and Consciousness Evolution with Richard Barrett. Welcome to the Soul and Wonder Podcast, where the conduits of the body, depths of the mind, and atlas of the soul are explored with devotion. Through cultural exchange, Christopher and Sarah and their guests will deliver sacred wisdom from around the globe uncovering the hidden gems of conscious living and holistic healing, all to empower you on your journey of self-discovery. And now, here are your hosts, Christopher and Sarah. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to the Soul and Wonder Podcast. We are your very spunky, fiery hosts today, Sarah and Christopher. It's nice to... We're feeling the energy. It's nice to talk to everybody. We are feeling the energy. You feel the energy of those solar flares? <laughs> it's around. Man, it has been quite the whirlwind, and we are just so excited to be here and so excited to share this milestone podcast with you, number 50. And what couldn't have asked for a better guest than Richard Barrett. Richard Barrett is phenomenal. He's an author, a speaker, an internationally recognized thought leader on the evolution of human values in business, in business and society. You're not going to want to miss this. We're going to dive into his bio and the interview, but you know how we like to do. First, let's share a little love note. Yes, this love note is by W.S. Walter, and this is from actually October of last year in 2017. He said, great content, great guests, genuine host, but there is often a major issue with the audio that becomes frustrating enough that I have to turn it off. I love the sincerity of this couple, but the audio needs work. And you know what? We want to thank you, W.S. Walter. We want to thank you for sharing that authentic review of our podcast because let's be honest, some of you might be thinking, why would they share a love note from someone that gave them three stars and not five? Well, we want our podcast journey to be as authentic as possible. So we felt it necessary to share this review. We got to share the good, the bad, and everything in between, right? And it's our only review that's not five stars, but we wanted to use this as an opportunity to show how criticism can inspire growth and change when coming at it from an objective perspective rather than one steeped in egoic attachments. And because of that review, we've taken notice to that and and it goes, there's a bunch of things that go into that, but we did make improvements and we bought a really awesome microphone and got some new editing software. But Podcasts take a lot of time and money when not sponsored. Yeah, you know all those super professional podcasts you hear out there like Joe Rogan and... Rich Roll. They've got the team, they've got the sponsors, they've got the money. It's a business. And you know, when you're a small-time podcast, just building up your crowd, building up your, your theme and your impact in the world, you don't start off sponsored, right? So a lot of all of this podcast has come straight out of our pockets, straight out of our scheduling. We do all the editing ourselves, everything. And so, you know, if you are a fan of the Soul and Wonder podcast and you want those super high quality podcast episodes, you know the ones I'm talking about, the ones where they take 
hours and hours to put together the final product and it just sounds perfect and you've got guests in person and maybe even doing video, doing it live, you can help us out. You can help us get sponsored. We're not asking for money. (laughs) No, you can help us get sponsored by sharing this podcast. Every episode that you listen to, share it with your friends and family so we can get our listens up. And of course, by leaving reviews. Definitely leave us those reviews. Yeah, they help a lot. And we just really appreciate everything and appreciate you guys tagging along in this wonderful journey. And we'll be honest with you, we didn't know really where it would go when we started this in September of 2016. We we knew we were embarking on an adventure through South America. And if you've been following us since the beginning, you would have heard some of those podcast episodes with the roosters in the background <laughs> and us just sharing some space with some beautiful people from around the globe, specifically in Colombia and Ecuador. And, you know, that was really the purpose of the podcast to begin with, but it really has expanded. And we're so grateful to be able to share the space with so many wonderful guests and especially today's guest in Richard Barrett. Yes. So Richard Barrett is the chairman of the Barrett Value Center, founder of the Academy for the Advancement of Human Values, a fellow of the World Business Academy and former values coordinator at the World Bank. He is the creator of the internationally recognized cultural transformation tools, which have been used to support more than six thousand organizations on their transformational journeys and to date more than 5,000 change agents consultants and coaches have been trained by the Barrett Value Center to use the cultural transformation tools in over 50 countries so this man has written a lot of books some of his latest books include everything I have learned about values the values driven organization cultural health and employee well-being is a pathway to sustainable performance and a new psychology of human well-being an exploration of the influence of ego soul dynamics on mental and physical health so in this episode it gets spiritual it gets real we talk about all kinds of things and what i like is that we talk about what it means to not have a soul but to actually be a soul and how this journey manifests in this physical realm of consciousness exploration and moves along richard's seven stage models of consciousness and psychological development we also talk about how our fundamental driving forces our values guide us back into alignment into our soul if we're willing to pay attention of course that's the trick and fear fear and the ways in which it disconnects us from our innate wisdom and of course we differentiate between ego-driven and soul-based needs and desires and we're definitely not going to leave the podcast episode without a tool you can use today Yes, and how you can begin reuniting with your soul right now and what your life could look like if you become one with your core essence. The trick is you're already one. You just have to get rid of the things that are keeping you from thinking you are already one. (laughs) So Richard Barrett's super inspirational. He's done a lot of work that has inspired our coaching journey. You're going to hear all about it in this awesome, awesome interview. And be sure to stick around to the end for your health tip of the episode. Love you guys. Thank you for your support and enjoy this episode. 
Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. So excited. We have Richard Barrett with us. Richard, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. All the way from London. Yes, it's so wonderful to talk to you today. Great. It's good to be with you, too. So we just fell in love with your work, uh, particularly inspired by your evolutionary coaching book, A Values-Based Approach to Unleashing Human Potential. And it has proved to be one of the best tools for us as coaches to determine where our clients are in their psychological stages of development, as well as consciousness evolution. And it has just done wonders, especially because we were already taking values-based approach to our coaching. And so yours, your work just really solidified our methodology. And as I was saying to you earlier before we started recording, that we were just very attracted to your ability to connect these values and needs with what some people might consider esoteric, but what we consider to be just innate human emergence is that connection to the soul. And so I would like to start this off with just the big question. What is your explanation of what you call the soul's journey? Well, it starts with one simple or two simple questions, and you have to figure out the answer. Um, I often, uh, when I'm doing a workshop or, or a webinar, in fact, nearly all the time, I, I get people to say or put up their hands or stand up uh, if the statement I make is true. And so I say, um, I have a television. And then I say, I am a television. People put up their hands for I have a television. They don't for I am a television. Then I say, I have an ego. And most people put up their hands. And then I say, I am an ego. And not many people put up their hands. But now comes the next two questions, not question statements. I say, I have a soul. And nearly everybody puts up their hand. And then I say, I am a soul. And nearly everybody puts up their hand. Mm. And then I look, I look at them and I say, hmm, that's a lot of confusion there. <laughs> and... Do you have a soul or are you a soul? And the key answer for me is that actually we're all souls. We don't have souls. We are souls. And that uh, we decided to incarnate into this uh, three-dimensional material reality from our fourth-dimensional energetic reality to experience this denser field of existence, which comes along with something called fear, which then leads to pain and suffering, which we don't, souls don't have in their normal fourth dimensional energetic existence. They live in a field of love. So they descend into this, uh, this reality by choosing to close their minds down to experience this uh, physical world, and, and they learn to grow and in, within that world. And um, so the, the moment that they very soon or very soon after the, 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 uh, the uh, how shall I put it, the baby, the, the, well, when the baby is formed, let me put it that way, when during the first three months of, of pregnancy, when it's an embryo, during that period, um, we are basically living in soul consciousness. And after three months, what happens is that the reptilian mind brain forms and then takes over keeping the body alive. And the soul mind gets pushed in, into the subconscious. Um, 
And that reptilian mind brain keeps on growing and developing um, throughout the next, uh, up to the point the baby is born and then up to the next 18 months when the limbic mind brain or the emotional mind begins to take over as the dominant mind and the body mind, the reptilian mind brain gets pushed back into the subconscious and the soul mind gets pushed back into the unconscious. And then we get to eight or nine years of age and the neocortex begins, begins to become dominant and keeps on growing and developing until we get to about 24. That's why teenagers do stupid things because they don't have <laughs> a fully functioning brain. Um, now, meanwhile, the emotional mind gets becomes the subconscious the body mind becomes the unconscious and the soul mind gets pushed back into the super unconscious. But one of the reasons that happens is because around the age of 18 months, during that first uh, part of life, the baby is soul consciousness is very present and it thinks it lives in this totally connected world but gradually it begins to realize that actually it lives in a separate separation there's separation everywhere and for the soul that's very painful and so the soul actually creates the psychic entity called the ego which is a buffer to prevent the soul from feeling this pain, the pain of separation and the ego then takes over and says, yes, I'm looking after things here and, you know, I have these needs and, you know, and along with the needs, when the needs are not met, come fears. Whenever you don't get your needs met, you get fearful and therefore, oh, and then, that, you know, the whole journey begins of, of living in fear. Yeah, I, I don't ha have enough. I'm not loved enough. I'm, I'm not enough. And by the time we get to our early 20s, you know, we are uh, we are this we wear this mask of based on our the fears that we learn during the first twenty four years. We wear this mask of the ego, which is basically a mask which allows us to get our needs met within the cultural framework of our existence. And the the next part of our life is all about letting go of that mask so that we can recover soul consciousness. Mm -hmm. And when someone steps into that soul consciousness, what does that look like? Well, it's a very gradual process. You don't do it overnight. Some people, very, very few people do. So um, the first three stages of, so of development, I call, I call them surviving. That's, you know, not to two years old. Mm. Conforming, um, three to eight years old. Differentiating, that's uh, nine to or eight or nine to 24 years old when the neocortex becomes fully formed. And from that point on, uh, you know, we – we're kind of, you know, our, our mind and our brain is formed, our beliefs are formed, and now uh, we, what we want in the next stage of our development is the freedom and autonomy to find out who we are outside our cultural and parental conditioning. And so we want adventure, we want to travel, we want to education, but not many, actually, a very small people, amount of people on the planet actually get that opportunity. But if you do manage to do that, that's called individuation, and it goes on until around the late 30s. When you move to the next stage of development, if you successfully individuate, you move to the next stage, which is self-expression or self-actualization, as Maslow called it. And that's about... So, so, so in the individuating stage, you begin to blend your ego with your soul to find out who you were, let go of your fears, and then you move to this, the self-actualization stage where you begin to find the, a sense of meaning and purpose. At least that's what the ego calls it. Well, the soul is actually 
not really interested in meaning and purpose. It's only really interested in self-expression. Mm-hmm. And that is, from the soul perspective, what self-actualization is about. And then as we get into the 50s, we, the ego is interested in making a difference, but the soul is actually realizes that um, actually uh, it's all about connection. Because if you can't connect with people, you can't make a difference. I mean, you have to be able to connect to make a difference. And so for the soul, it's all about connection. And then in the 60s, we move into the seventh stage, which is a serving from the point of view of the ego. But from the point of view of the soul, that serving is all about contribution, contribution to society, contribution to the planet. So there you have the seven stages of psychological development. I went through that pretty quickly. There's a lot more to it. But um, so... and. Practically everybody on the planet moves through those stages. Now, the biggest question I get or the most frequent question I get is, oh, you know, I'm a 30-year-old and I'm into making a difference. I must be at you know, the integrating stage. No, uh, because, <laughs> because you're coming from a different motivation. So people in the, integra- in the, in the um, individuating stage, um, you know, mid-20s to late-30s, are actually want to make a difference, but they're coming from the point of view of achievement, of of wanting to correct wrongs. They're coming from the point of view of justice. Or, um, and so and they're, looking, they're looking to, as I said, for a sense of achievement. Now, when you get to the integrating stage in your 50s, making a difference doesn't come from that place. It comes from empathy, mm-hmm. and that's totally different. Would you ever say that there would be an anomaly in the age system, like perhaps through trauma or an intense spiritual event that could – Where people would cases, hit these milestones maybe earlier? Or miss the boat and never actually reach certain points. Well, um, all of the above that you just mentioned now – uh, so, um, you know, um, there is a president of a certain uh, country, uh, <laughs> which I believe you live in, who never individuated. He, you know, he, he, had, he had such a terrible childhood. He never got his survival needs met. He never got his uh, safety needs met. He never got his self-esteem needs met. And he's, he's stuck in those levels of consciousness. And he can't individuate. And that happens to very, very many people. So if you have a very difficult childhood, there is a good chance you will never individuate. And if you don't travel or if you don't have a higher education, there's a strong chance you won't individuate. It takes courage and it takes you know, to individuate. You have to overcome all of those fears that you learned in the first 24 years of your life in order to individuate. Most of the people on the planet have not individuated because they live in either poverty or close to poverty. So they're to- focused on their survival needs. Some of them are focused very much on their relationship needs or their self-esteem needs, but they never, most people on the planet never really individuate. You remember the Arab Spring when the, you know, a lot of young people in the late 20s and early 30s demonstrated in Egypt and, and Tunisia, etc. That was all about individuation. Mm-hmm. Here they were, these, these young people, they'd had a good education, they traveled a bit, and they were now individuating, which meant they were looking for freedom and autonomy to explore who they really are. And yet they hit up against a regime, a, a, a government re- governance regime that didn't allow that. And mm-hmm. so that's what that was all about. It was really an issue of uh, people trying to individuate. 
Thank you so much for clarifying that. And let me ask you this. So what role do our needs and our values play in bringing us back into alignment with our soul, our, so to say, our core essence? Okay, so we're entering into a lovely topic here. I love this topic. Okay, so whatever you need is what you value. Okay, our values are intimately linked with uh, your needs. So at each stage of psychological development, you have different needs and therefore you will have different values. Now, there are some values that probably won't change throughout your life, but at different stages, then your needs are different and your va- what you value, your value priorities will shift. It, it isn't that you stop valuing a particular value, it's that you you now have a, a more important need and therefore that value becomes, needs slash value becomes more important. So for example, when you look at the value of friendship and you look at it over the, uh, you know, I took data from one of our national values assessments in the UK and I noticed that the value of friendship was much higher in uh, young people, and as you, as they got older, as we looked at the age, the value of friendship became less important, whereas the value of honesty became more important. So our values change uh, over our lifetime according to uh, our needs. Now, that was the first part of the question. Uh, this often happens to me when I when I get when I'm in the flow, I forget what the second part of the question was. <laughs> Could you remind me? <laughs> yeah, of course. Sure, sure. So, in what way do these this awareness of our values and needs bring us into ah. alignment with our soul? Okay, so here we get into the really juicy bit. Then, you see, um, I explain this in several of my books, uh, not just evolutionary coaching, but also my book called "What My Soul Told Me: A Practical Guide to Soul Activation." Um, whenever you get upset angry, etc. It's because you believe you have a need that's not being met. And that means you have a fear about that. So if you want to live in soul consciousness, you uh, take up the following mantra. I have no needs. Mm. And so whenever I feel the impulse to irritation or anger, I say to myself, Richard, you have no needs. Mm. You have no needs. And what that does, it reminds me that when I'm living in soul consciousness, all my needs are taken care of before I even know I have them. Because you've given your life, you surrendered your life to your soul. And your soul can uh, organize your life in uh, that fourth dimensional level of reality by talking to other souls and making things happen for you, which you would never have believed possible because you have surrendered. It's called synchronicity. It's called all sorts of things. But So when you remind yourself that you have no needs, that's the same as saying, soul, time to show up. And help me here. Now, I've been going through a particular problem at the moment, and and so um, I got a little frustrated with my soul. So one morning I got up and I said, uh, I closed my eyes and I said, listen here, so I am getting terribly frustrated about this situation. I need you to show up. I'm quick. I need you to show up. That's my soul talking. I can hear it. It's going bow, wow, wow. <laughs> So please, 
please leave that in the recording. It's a very interesting moment. Absolutely. <laughs> so, 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 so I did. I said that to myself, and within two hours, within two hours, something turned up, and then with another two hours, something else turned up, and that relieved the situation. So, you see, you have to regard your soul uh, as a an actuality as a as a reality you are your soul now when i say to my soul soul time for you to show up who is it who's saying soul it's time for you to show up well it's the ego aspect the positive ego aspect of me because the ego is positive and has if it's got fears it these fears are potentially limiting but we don't want to get rid of our ego because it helps us to navigate in this three-dimensional material world. What we want to do is get rid of the fears of the ego, which prevent us from living in the, in the love of the soul. Mm. And, so, and so simply, um, you know, talking, that's the first step. That's the first step of moving into soul consciousness is actually connecting with your soul, mm -hmm. treating it as a, as a reality and talking to it. Um, I do, I do a meditation uh, called uh, Dialogue with the Soul where I have people, uh, I, I, you know, I, t I take people into that safe space. I take them on a journey. I tell them ahead of time, you're going you're to have an opportunity to meet your soul and you're going to be able to ask three questions or as many questions as you want, but let's go on the journey. And so people walk down paths and we take them to this place where they come face to face with the soul. I also tell them that to have a little notebook handy uh, and so as they meet their soul, they ask the questions and they half come out of the meditation and start writing down the answers. Mm. Um, and it, it's amazing. It's amazing what happens to people. They get all sorts of fantastic messages. Um, and uh, so, so, you know, so, so that's when you, you, you say, uh, I have a soul, and then you start talking to that soul. But ultimately, you need to live in that space. You, you have to not. I have a soul, but be the soul. Allow the words to flow through you. I'm talking to you now from soul consciousness. I'm just letting the words flow. I have no idea what I'm going to say next. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I would like to touch on something really quickly. Uh, for some people who might be at different stages of psychological or consciousness development, they're still working through those fear-based beliefs, you know, individuating and things of that sort, identifying and separating and even just the thought of hearing, I have no needs, could be triggering and absolutely terrifying, especially when they're still working through some of those fear-based beliefs in the ego. Absolutely. absolutely. Let, uh, let me just say one thing. Uh, you know, uh, even when you... <laughs> When you're living in soul consciousness, there's still you know it's so hard to get rid of all of those fears. They still come up, <laughs> you know. It's like oh god, yeah, there's another one. Yeah, they just don't happen as frequently. That's the point. Um, so yes, um, this uh, phrase "I have no needs" is very scary for some people because they uh, and you know it, I understand that. I understand that. So uh, the way I introduce it in my books is to say, look, here's a technique for helping to get through anger and upset. Okay, you're angry, you're upset. Why? Because you have a need that's not being met. Now, I want you to simply say the statement, I have no needs, I have no needs, I have no needs. And so just simply saying that statement brings down the level of anger, brings down the level of upset, reminds you. It doesn't have to remind you that you're a soul. It just reminds you that, What's upsetting you is the fact that you believe you have some needs. 
course, the next step is to, is to go the whole hog and say, well, actually, I'm a soul and my soul organizes things for me um, before I even know I have a need. Um, yeah, it is scary. It's, you know, it's a big leap, um, but and it's, you can't do it overnight. And that's why what's my soul told me, I, I said there are four stages. There's the, you know, connecting with your soul, befriending your soul, trusting your soul, and finally becoming one with your soul. And, and there are different exercises for each of those stages. And those stages actually correspond basically to the upper stages of psychological development. And so these exercises that you're speaking of, and we can touch more on this at the end about some resources, but is there a particular place where people can find these exercises to start working on this? In my book, What My Soul Told Me, um, A Practical Guide to Soul Activation, um, you'll find all of that. Um, it's uh, my best-selling book, actually. People love it. People tell me they sleep with it under their pillow. <laughs> I- I think it's only because they read it, uh, you know, at night and, you know, it helps them to fall asleep. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> so how could someone determine whether a thought is ego-driven or soul-based? Because I know, I like how you mentioned that the ego is not inherently bad. I think sometimes in this new age realm, there's this obsession with positivity and kind of spiritual bypassing and this whole talk of transcend the ego as if you've never had one. But I see the value of understanding the ego, knowing its role in, like you said, operating and navigating through this third dimensional reality. So, but in the event that someone is trapped in their fear-based beliefs that are clearly a byproduct of listening too much to that ego, how can someone determine whether it's ego-driven or soul-based when they get thoughts or beliefs or etc.? That is a, such a, an interesting question because I went through a mm, six, seven, eight, nine-year period of my life when I was asking myself that same question. So as you move through the stages of development, these questions come up. Is that an ego thought or is that a soul thought? Mm-hmm. Um and so let me give you some pointers. Uh, first of all, um, uh, ego thoughts tend to focus on your personal needs in terms of surviving, safety, and security, um, or um, serving you and not serving other people. Soul-based thoughts tend to uh, focus on self-expression, how you can express who you are, uh, connecting with other people, um, and contributing. You see, the soul incarnates for three reasons, and I just named them. First of all, to experience self-expression, to live out fully who you are at the deepest level of your being. Secondly, to connect with other people in unconditional living, loving relationships. And thirdly, to contribute to humanity and the planet. In other words, contribute to all the other souls that are actually uh, sh- at this point in time, in three-dimensional terms, sharing the same experience of three-dimensional material existence. Um, so, yeah, Fear-based thoughts obviously are ego-driven thoughts. Love-based thoughts are obviously soul-based thoughts. Uh, Sometimes you can have a thought which serves you, which is actually coming from the soul because it's about 
learning to love yourself, you know. Oh, yeah, I'm going to have that massage this afternoon. Yeah, I really need, I'm going to have that massage this afternoon. Right. Yeah, it, because it's like serving your need for relaxation. And so um, that's what makes it a little bit diffi diff difficult to determine um, because there are um, soul thoughts which are loving and caring for you. There are also soul thoughts which are loving and caring for other people. Um, and if you can't care for yourself, how are you? Uh, however, are you going to learn how to care for other people? Mm. Very well said. So, so if our listeners could step fully into trusting the process of reunification with their soul, what would the end result look like for them? One word: joy. Mm. Joy in everything they did. You know, I, I just wrote a blog, uh, the meaning of life, and the, you know, the final line in it was, "Okay, stop looking for the meaning in life and and start uh, living your life and uh, doing the things that bring you joy." Uh, and that's all you need to do. It's self-expression, basically. So, uh, first of all, um, um, that's. Let's dig into that question a little bit because it goes back to the essence of what well-being is. You see, at each stage of psychological development, the surviving, uh, conforming, differentiating, etc., etc., we have different needs. And when you're able to master those needs, you feel a sense of well-being. So your life, as it moves, as you move through the decades, is a never-ending search for a mastery, able to satisfy that mastery, get that need met, move on to the next stage, begin searching again. And so it's like a, it's a several plateaus of well-being, you know, and so when you get to my age, I was just 73, you know, you pass through all of those stages and you know, you have the opportunity, there are no more stages to go through. So, you, you know, you you begin to feel this sense of fulfillment mm. because you can basically handle any situation that comes up at any level of consciousness because you've experienced it. Now, I'm not saying that's 100% true. I mean, because you know, I, I still find things that challenge me and I have to go back to that level of consciousness as one of the first three levels of consciousness and overcome that fear and I overcome that fear by saying Richard you have no needs your soul will take care of you you just stay with the program and then you know that night I talked to my soul and I said your soul you know come on get on with the program I need you <laughs> so you know I've written many books I'm on my 12th right now and my soul actually writes the books um you know I wake up Oh, I wish my soul would go to sleep, honestly. It wakes up it wakes <laughs> me up at 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning with a download. I get downloads practically every night. Mm -hmm. And the download is whatever it is that I'm working on at the moment. It, it is uh, the next step that I have to take. Um, and usually when I'm working on a book, you know, it's like the next chapter or it's the title of a new book or it's a little piece of detail that I need to figure out in order to complete a chapter. Um but you know, um, my life is uh, my life is a continuous stream of downloads, um, and um, that's what happens when you're living in soul consciousness or begin to live in soul consciousness. You get these, you get these insights. Uh, you call them thoughts, Elliot. They are thoughts, but it's a bit like 
you know, you're, you know, in a theatre, you go to the theatre and there's the actors are there, you know, speaking their lines, and there's somebody behind them, somewhere hidden away, prompting them in case they forget their lines. So it's a bit like that. It's like a you get your soul prompts, mm. um, and when you're when you say something or do something that was out of alignment with the values of your soul, you feel the energy shift, a downward energy shift. You feel a little uncomfortable, and that's that's the key to understanding. Um, I think when you're living in soul consciousness, and when you got and and again, it's, it also helps you decide which are soul thoughts and which are ego thoughts because if you feel that little sense of discomfort that's energetic because we're energetic beings and that's the, what i call the ego soul dynamics and uh, so anytime you're not aligning with the values of the soul which are by the way are universal values because we're all souls anytime you're not aligning with them you will feel it energetically and that's a great way to figure out you know if what you're doing is in alignment with your soul intention. Mm, I love that you touched on that because it's one of our main tools that we use in our coaching is helping people to gain clarity on their intuition and the way it guides them and signaling to them whether or not they are moving in alignment with their core essence or or against it. And those downloads that you speak of, we can relate. <laughs> we can relate and we don't sleep often as well as we get woken up in the middle of the night with a, like you said, a title of something or a, a piece that needs to be shared. Or I feel like since we met our entire relationship and even business has been built on downloads where sometimes we don't even recognize that it came from us. And it's almost like, oh, did we write that? Because <laughs> I feel like someone else did. But it's it's interesting, too, that I know you said in your evolutionary coaching book that you could be moving through these certain stages but still occasionally be triggered back to an earlier stage. But what it's about is the resiliency in which you get through that moment of fear rather than striving for perfection. It's just about becoming that observer and snapping back to where you are. Yeah. I, you know, I didn't say this, somebody said this, but I think it's absolutely true. It's not what happens to you in life. It's about how you deal with it. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, that's the key to, uh, you know, the soul really doesn't care about what you're doing in with life. Yeah, that's an interesting thing to say, isn't it? But what it's really focused on is self-expression, mm -hmm. connection and contribution. You know, you can be doing anything. I, but in, ultimately, it's about using your gifts and talents. Mm -hmm. Because we're all unique souls. We all have unique gifts and talents. And so self-expression is about using your unique gift and talent. Mm -hmm to make a difference by connecting in unconditional relationships with other people so that you can make a contribution to humanity or the planet. Mm -hmm. How it's exciting. <laughs> essentially following that burning passion, that excitement, full yeah. heart, wholeheartedly and to the best of your ability. Yeah, but therein lies a problem. And the problem is this. You get totally absorbed by this sense of mission. Mm. and you lose balance. Now, your soul doesn't want you to lose balance. It wants you to have a balanced life, you know. And so this happens a lot with men, particularly, who get the sense of, oh, yeah, this is what I have to do. And I, I'm in business, and I'm going to do that. And this is my mission. And they 
tend to neglect their families and their children because it becomes all-consuming. Mm. Not not good, not good. Um, I, f- I feel like that was a direct message from your soul to ours, or at least our egos, because sometimes Christopher and I definitely get very wrapped up in this mission or vision to the point that we'll run ourselves ragged unintentionally, and then we recognize it. Our soul speaks to us for balance, and then we self-care starts calling out and saying, "Well, let's slow down here a little <laughs> bit. Take your time, and we'll move forward." <laughs> This is a tough lesson for uh, for people to learn, uh, people who are on the so-called spiritual journey. But I, you know, um, I'm uh, just finishing an article that I'm doing called Beyond Spirituality. And so what we've been talking about today is beyond spirituality. It's called what I call soul awareness. It's the next step. Um, spirituality, uh, in particularly in business world, um, started around the 1990. I know because I set up the Spiritual Unfoldment Society of the World Bank in 1992. I, I was really, uh, I don't know whether you know Google Ngram. It gives you the incidence of particular words, and you can. Mm-hmm. So I, yeah. So I, 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 I've been googling uh, quite a few words recently, like spirituality in the workplace, workplace spirituality. And when you look at it, it takes off in 1990 steeply. And that's roughly when I started to, when I created the World Bank Spiritual Unfoldment Society, and the, and uh, and what it's resulted in twenty years later, basically, um, oh sorry, yeah, uh, well more than twenty years, twenty five years later, is in uh, mindfulness. Now mindfulness is now accepted in the business world more so even than meditation actually, um, and that's because of the. Uh, the idea of spirituality. Now, what's coming next is soul in the workplace after spirituality in the workplace. So soul in the workplace actually speaks to the idea of purpose. And you notice, and I've noticed I did an engram on purpose or personal purpose or purpose in the workplace. And you see it's also beginning to take off, but it is not at the same level as spirituality in the workplace yet, but it's what's coming next. And so this whole idea of soul awareness is linked to a new worldview, which I'm calling humanity awareness, um, whereas spirituality was linked to a worldview called people awareness. And so we're now at the very beginning of this new worldview of humanity awareness and this new cosmology called soul awareness. And it's... um. It's about to take off in the same way that spirituality in the workplace took off 25 years ago. Very, very interesting. Wow, that's really exciting too to think of the future possibilities of the evolution of our collective whole as well. Yeah, and that's really saying, what I'm really saying there is we're moving in in a collective way from the individuating stage to the self-actualizing stage because self-actualizing stage is is at, at, at a at a cultural level is humanity awareness, whereas individuating stage uh, at a cultural level um, was, is called people awareness. There are about six nations actually living in people awareness, the, the Nordic nations. There are no nations yet living in um, humanity awareness, and uh, but there are people who are, and gradually will reach a 
critical point where there'll be sufficient people living in people awareness who move into humanity awareness uh, to create nations which are communities and nations that are operating from humanity awareness this is in this is what i'm working on right now and will be appearing in many of in my new books and websites man that gives me chills and it just feels so good and i i do you know you feel the shift happening and our, our collective consciousness is is really moving along and obviously with that it stirs up a lot of chaos a lot of fears a lot of worries a lot of different things but those are all necessary for us to continue to move up the ladder so to say and uh it's an it's, exciting time to be alive it's very exciting very exciting. Um, this last year, I've developed the Global Consciousness Indicator, so I can now rank 145 nations by consciousness level. Um, and not only can I do that, I can also rank it every nation by the seven levels of consciousness. So um, I'm working on several reports, uh, and I'm hoping to bring that into the public sphere very soon. Oh, we're looking forward to that. Do you? Can you share what those top <laughs> few nations are? Do you have that sure. insight? Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, all, it's all here. I just have to um, make sure I get it right. Um, uh, here we are, Consciousness of Nations. Okay. All right. So I can tell you that what the – it's so funny because the top-ranking nation is actually Finland. And two weeks ago, it was declared the happiest country on the planet. Mm-hmm. So – uh, and I and I knew Finland was the top-ranking nation in consciousness uh, you know, almost a year ago or nine months ago. So it's interesting to see it. It became the uh, and uh, Norway became second, and it's not Norway is second in my consciousness scale too. Then we got Denmark, Switzerland, Sweden, Iceland, New Zealand, Canada, Australia, and Luxembourg in the top in the most conscious nations. Um, and um, you know, if you think about Maslow a little bit, and he had uh, his hierarchy of needs, and he had these deficiency needs, which are the first three stages of development, survival, safety, and security, and then he had these growth needs. So I was able to analyze my data and say, well, what are the top nations in terms of satisfying your deficiency needs? And number one comes Switzerland, New Zealand, Singapore, Denmark, Finland, Norway, Sweden, Netherlands, Canada, Australia. Mm-hmm. And what are... What are the nations where you can most satisfy your growth needs? Finland, Iceland, Denmark, Norway, Sweden, Australia, Luxembourg, Switzerland, Canada, and Ireland. You say some of the nations are coming up the same there. So, you know, that's a little insight into into uh, this work I've been doing on global consciousness indicators. I love it. I'm so excited for this. Got some new countries to add to our uh, traveling list. Yeah, we, we're <laughs> always, we created our bucket list. We want to see most of the world before uh, our time has expired on this earth. And uh, <laughs> we'll definitely have to, I've been to a few of the top ones, but we'll have to get to more. Um, so how, how can our listeners take the first step in moving into conscious alignment with their soul right now today? Well, it depends where you are in your spiritual evolution. Um, you know, the first thing really to do, as I said earlier, is to, first of all, admit you are a soul. You don't have a soul. You are a soul. It's... And then you've got to say, well, then you've got to connect with that. You know, it's like connect with the soul. Um, so you, 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 it takes a while to get to the point of I am a soul. So you have a soul, then you connect with that soul. And, um, and you do that by talking to it or writing or 
you know, taking a quiet moment and just saying, look, soul, if you do exist, um, you know, I'd like to have a conversation about something. Or I've got this particular problem right now. I'd like you to sort it out by 10 o'clock tomorrow morning. <laughs> I like to ask my soul before I go to sleep to communicate with me in my dreams or any other consciousness experiences. Like and ask what it what it is that we need to know in this moment and to mm-hmm. come into more alignment and to stay in that balanced state. Another I, something we haven't shared with our listeners before, another thing that Chris and I do frequently throughout our day is when we feel we need to retune or get in touch is we'll just kind of sit still and ask out loud, what do I need to know right now? And then listening, not just with your ears, but listening, feeling, smelling, tasting, all the sensations and signals around you in your body, images that come to your mind, and just letting you get flooded with that sensory information because usually once you put that together, there's a message behind it as your intuition will guide you into what it is you needed to get from tuning into the synchronicity of life. Perhaps like when the dog started barking, when you're talking about your soul talking to you, you know, all of these things that seem like distractions actually are signals and have a place. And it's what our attention is brought to that, that shows us what to pay attention to for our, our, the betterment of our evolution. Correct. Yeah, uh, that is absolutely true. Um, I, I did think of something while you were talking, then it, w- it went out of my mind and something else came in and uh, as something else uh, as a way of um, al- uh, aligning and overcoming difficulties is like, um, don't think of whatever's going on as a problem. Think of it as an opportunity. I, I know many people say that, but it's absolutely true because when you look back on your life, you know, there have been moments when things went so-called wrong. <laughs> and when you go look back two or three years later, it was like, oh, my God, that was the best thing that happened to me. Yes. <laughs> so that's why, uh, you know, it's important to, to see what's the opportunity here, uh, not what's the problem, what's the opportunity that I have, which now takes me back to the original idea. Thank you, So, um, which is, one of the things you can say in a particular situation is, what would love have me do? Mm. Hmm. I like that. What would love have me do? Now, love for yourself and for others. Because sometimes what love would have you do is stick up for yourself. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, it's not, it's not, you know, it's, it's not all sweetness and light living in soul consciousness um, because it's, you know, you're, if you have a strong soul and it has a strong sense of who it is and a strong sense of its self-expression and people are preventing that self-expression from happening, my God, you've got to put on your warrior outfit and, and tackle it and not be put down. Because if you allow it to happen, you will. If you allow your self-expression to be put down, you'll descend into depression. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's where depression comes from. It's like unmet desires of the soul. The ego has needs. The soul has desires. Very different. 
You see, the ego's needs are linked to whenever they're not met, you get into fear, whereas the soul has desires. And when the desires of the soul are not met, you, because of the ego's fears, you move into depression. And, of course, that can lead to suicide and, and also sickness and ill health. Mm-hmm. Because we haven't touched on this yet, but the seven stages of psychological development are actually linked to the chakra system. And each stage... Um, uh, how well you master each stage links to a particular part of your body and so if you're sick or have ill health it's about some it's energetic in nature originally and that me and it's about ego soul misalignment so in my book a new psychology of human well-being i link the seven stages of psychological development to the chakra system to the leading causes of death so let me give you an example and one for men, one for women. I'll start with the women. At the, at the self-actualizing stage of development in the 40s, this is where you trying to fully express your gifts and talents. This is very difficult for women because often they have a husband who has some sort of needs they think they have to satisfy. Um, they have children who most definitely have needs. And they have aged parents, maybe. And so they 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 tend to put themselves last. And in putting themselves last, they um, they disavow, if you like, their self-expression. That leads to breast cancer. It's the, the fifth chakra, it's the upper part of the body, it's the voice, it's that area. And so when you put everybody else first and put your needs last, um, you know, you begin to get breast cancer. Now, it, you, you know, the data tells that story because the breast cancer really takes off in the late 40s the incidence of breast cancer now for men it's different uh, men is the next stage the 50s uh, why because that's the integrating stage that's the stage of connecting in order to make a difference now if you're a young boy age two to eight um what the message you get normally uh, from your parents in particular father is be strong don't show your feelings mm. All right. And so you learn not to show your feelings. You deny your feelings. And by the time you get to 50, when it's time to connect, you need your feelings to connect. You need to be in touch. You need your emotional and social intelligence. And so so what happens if you are not able to connect with other people in unconditional living, loving relationships is you get prostate cancer. And it, the incidence of prostate cancer takes off in the late 50s as you as you're trying to get through the stage of um, inter- integrating in order to connect to make a difference. That's there are many other examples, but those are the two that I pick out, which are the most striking. That makes total sense and actually, you know, quite quite profound. And it does also relate in the sense to what a lot of the ancient Chinese medicine teaches about the connection between emotions and different areas of the body, for example, liver and anger, grief in the lungs, and so on and so on. And so by relating this to the chakra system as well, it's all energetically connected, really. Um, So I appreciate you breaking that down. Thank you. I appreciate being on your show. Well, Richard, we have really enjoyed this. I feel like we could probably talk for another five hours and really pick your brain and just share information as well. But what news or updates do you have that you'd like to share with our audience and where can they follow you? Well, the best place to follow me at the moment is Richard Barrett 
www.richardbarrett.net. That's Richard, B-A-R-R-E-T-T.net. Um, and you find all my blogs, all my videos, all my books, um, everything is um, that. And that that website is part of um, my company's website, sorry, uh, thevaluescenter.com. And thevaluescenter.com is an organization that uh, uh, measures, as we say, what truly matters. It measures values. It maps values to the seven levels of consciousness model. We work with people, we work with organizations and leaders all over the world in 90 different countries, helping them to to uh, improve the performance of their organizations by improving their culture. We've also mapped 27 nations, and we are the values of 27 nations, and we're helping uh, helping people in nations to or communities in nations to grow and evolve. This is much more experimental, uh, whereas in the organizations we've been doing it for over 20 years, you know, we've only been doing it in nations for the last 10 years, and it's much more complex place and difficult to work. But we've got, uh, you know, very very interesting examples going on. Um, in several countries, and uh, if you go to valuecenter.com, you can um, you can find uh, what we're doing in society and what we're doing in nations. That's so exciting! Powerful, powerful work, and we really appreciate everything that you're bringing to this world and helping everybody out. And uh, it's just it's wonderful, and we're just so grateful to have have shared this space with you today, and uh, hope to do it again at some point. I would very much enjoy that. What a wonderful man, beautiful interview. I'm so happy and blessed that we had the chance to share the space with Richard Barrett. Yes, and we thought it would be very fitting for the health tip of the episode to provide you with his free personal values assessment. Yes, so what is his free personal values assessment? Well, who you are, what you hold dear, what upsets you and what underlies your decisions, all of that is connected to your personal values. Your values reflect what is most important to you. They are essentially a shorthand way of describing your motivations. Together with your beliefs, they are the causal factors that drive your decision making. So the personal values assessment is a simple survey that takes just a few minutes of your time and provides a wealth of information about why you do what you do. So you can find that personal values assessment at valuescenter.com. That's V-A-L-U-E-S-C-E-N-T-R-E, not E-R, for all you American folks out there, dot com forward slash P-V-A. Takes a few minutes. Chris and I did this as well. It'll show you where you're at and your level of consciousness evolution as well, which is super fun to read about. You'll get a free report sent to your email. Now, for those of you who are vegan and you want help identifying what makes you tick, your fundamental driving forces, your values, and you want to see how that is incorporated into your vegan lifestyle, supercharging that vegan life, you can download our free Vegan Warrior Training Manual, which comes with all of our nine steps for living a happy, healthy, connected purposeful vegan life, but also walks you through a super clarifying values assessment made by yours truly. Yes, and you can find that at veganwarrior.gr8.com. So we hope you enjoy your tools for today for your health tip, and we will see you next time. Bye.